Welcome to the Epic Agent Success Podcast with your hosts, Jerry Weaver and Jacoby Kendrick. This podcast is dedicated to newer agents in the business who want the fast track to success. 90% of agents fail in their first year of business. Our goal is to help guide your journey away from the common mistakes most agents make and help you grow and build your business to epic levels you know you're capable of and desire. All right, so welcome to the Agent Success Podcast. Here we go with another episode. Going to be rocking it out again this week. And so, uh, yeah, excited to be here and then uh, just helping you on your success. How did we go from the journey of brand new real estate agent all the way to successful six, multiple six figure uh, real estate agent producers. And so this week, we're going to be talking about how do you crush your goals? How do you know what to do in order to set up going into the year and going into uh, going into the future, how to set yourself up for success and not be questioning what's going on? Because that's always the question, right? Like, how do I know how where my next deals are going to come from? And so we're going to be talking about that knowing uh setting up the intention and then working in a 90 day window working in 90 day windows setting up what we call rocks and getting focused 90 day window that's uh you said it there that's the trick working in a 90 day window and that is you know that was a foreign concept to me when we first started um you know, kind of down this path of uh, involved in some of the coaching we're at. And to me, that just seemed it was really um, almost ridiculous that we, oh, what are you going to get done in 90 days? Like that was the the idea behind it, or at least that was the thought that I had in my pushback against it. Like it just didn't seem logical to me. Yeah, I never even thought about it. Never even thought about it. Never hit my mind. What I always did is at the beginning of the year, you always have these goals. Oh, I want to sell 100 houses mm-hmm. or I want to sell 60 houses. I want to do 500,000 or a million in GCI. And then that was it. That was it. It's like, okay, well, that's what I want. And that's what I'm motivated to do. And then what would end up happening is, is like you get into like February or March and things get hard. Not that I was going to quit, but then you kind of lose some steam, right? You're like, oh, well, I had this huge goal. Now things aren't going how I expected them to go. Now that goal seems so far away. I don't even, it doesn't even feel attainable now. And so, yeah, it's like, man, we, I set these goals. You have great intentions in the beginning. It's like a new year's resolution. And then by the end of January, it's just like when everybody says they're going to go to the gym and then, you know, everybody's in the gym January 1st and then come January 30th, it's like a ghost town in there. So that's really what the 90 day window did for me. It got me really focused. It helps me understand if I'm on track or off track rather than waiting three months, four months down the road and saying, okay, I'm off track. Now you can be on track week to week and day to day. Really good. Yeah, kind of where this comes from. This goes way back um, to the Franklin Covey days. Did you ever have a Franklin Covey planner? Are you old enough for that? For the paper? No. I, no. What paper? Yeah. Writing your plans down on writing paper? Your plans I, my on, plans so, down. I do write my plans down on paper, but Franklin Covey doesn't even doesn't even tickle my brain at all. 
So when you when uh, back in so for me it would have been mid nineties and up into the mid two thousands. So I went to work for a company in mid nineties. Oh, hold on, yeah, mid nineties. Like, I was talking to a buddy of mine. We were yeah. talking about a song. We were talking about a song from the mid nineties. Mid nineties. I think I was ten years old. Ten. 10 to 12 you years were not old. using the franklin covey planner i was not yeah franklin yeah. covey wasn't even yeah. yeah not even on the radar so this planner like i went to work for a company one of the very first things they give you on the onboarding is here pick your plan pick the planner you want they had like the little tiny one and then they had a medium one and a big one and with handles and it had like it had its own special like uh hole punches so it fit in the planner you know so it had to be theirs and you went to a training on it. Like you actually went, there was a Franklin Covey store and you had to go to a training and learn how to use the planner. So that's where rocks came from back in the, uh, with uh, Franklin Covey. And, and as we started talking about like living in a 90 day world with rocks, um, you know, for me, I don't know if you, you had it before, but it was in some of the coaching we we're in. And now there's kind of a pattern amongst the various coaches that we have that everyone kind of uses that language and where that kind of comes from uh, after looking into this is EOS entrepreneur operating system that all those coaches also talk about. And so there is a basis for it. And now there seems to be a pattern amongst all the coaches in my life that use the same language of living yeah. in a 90 day world. Yeah, 90 days is the way to go. If even if you look at it from the business standpoint, because you want to run your your business as a business, right? When we normally when we first get in, we're just like, okay, I'm gonna start selling houses or I'm just gonna start, I'm just gonna hit the ground running. And that's great in the beginning, right? You get started, you get your first few deals, but the greats are working in this 90-day world. They're doing it in quarters. If you look at all the Fortune 500 companies, they have quarterly reports, they have quarterly earnings. Everything is done in three month cycles in a quarterly on a quarterly basis. Right. And the reason why that's good is you can break you can break everything down systematically. When I started out, you know, the first time I heard about mm -hmm. doing rocks or doing quarterly, you know, quarterly 90 days, uh, it was just too complicated. Right. Trying to do everything. The first thing I thought of is like, oh, I got these six things that I need to do. I'm going to get all of these six things done. So at the beginning of the year, you plan out every quarter. Right. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to get these six things done. And yeah, that sounds good. That sounds well and good. You think you're going to get all those things done. But honestly, you could probably only work on two or three things in a quarter in order to get them down and running, depending on what they are. Right. And so I think the best thing to do is to start slow, be deliberate. Think of the one thing that you need to get done that is going to make the biggest change in your business. What's going to move the needle the most and then plan out that one, that one thing that you've got going on there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, how many times have you made a list of things to do? Here's what I want to get done this year. And then at the end of the year, you go to make that list again. It's just like photocopying the list, right? I don't even need to write a new list because I have the list from last year. You know, I got 14 things I want to do. You know, it's that whole, you know, repeating stuff like, here's what I want to do. Here's what I want to do. Here's what I want to do. I don't know how many times I've told myself, yeah, that's on the list. That's on the list. Oh, I'm going to do that because I have this idea. I want to do it, but then I never get to it. And there is nothing more frustrating than being exactly where you were a year ago. That yeah. it drives me nuts. And 
And then some of the things becomes a year or two years or three years. You know, there's things on that I know that I want to do that, you know, we've been having these conversations for two or three years on some of them. And that's extremely frustrating. That's exactly right. So how do we move the needle on this thing? Where do you start at with your goals? And and when you're breaking this thing down, breaking it down four quarters in a year. Now we're going to break things down into one quarter. How do you choose what you're going to work on? And then, yeah, how do you make it simple? This is a this is actually an art you have to do, <clears throat> you know, breaking down a rock. The one thing that you're going to work on that's going to make the most change in your business you have to break that, actually break that down. And breaking that down is actually a hard process. Yeah. So typically um, I found there's one item that's kind of glaring that needs to be fixed. And so that always gets picked as a rock. So for me, this last quarter, when we were starting quarter four, the rock that I picked was um, we needed to generate more revenue. And so that came down to transactions. And so I had to pick a goal that was really aggressive on how many transactions I wanted to complete this quarter. And so for me, like that one was simple because I knew, you know, we needed the revenue and I knew what it was going to take to get the revenue. And so it was pretty clear on that one. Yeah. Sales is always going to be one if you're in, if you're in sales, right? So as an agent, sales should always be one of your rocks. The question is, you just want to break down how many sales you're actually going to need. Look at your seasonal. Is your is your year seasonal or not? If you're a new agent, obviously you won't know that. So, uh, But you can always know that January, February is always going to be a slower time of the year. And so you can kind of plan for that. But yeah, so sales is definitely going to be one of the rocks that you're going to put down. And then how do you break down what are you doing to break down sales? Because we've got to break it down. Once we say, okay, we're going to do whatever it is. Let's say we're going to do 20 sales in a quarter. Then how do we break that down into, you know, breaking down the rock? Yeah. And so it's you really need to get in touch with your business. And so as a new agent, you're not going to know what to get in touch with. And there's going to be like, especially as a new agent, you're just inundated with all the different technologies and all the different you know, um, bells and whistles and the things that your broker are going to want you to do. And so you're, you're thinking, um, cause I think this all the time. So that's why I say you're thinking it, um, you're thinking that how do I break it down to where I only need to focus on three things? Because right now you got a list of about 23 things. And so it's really, um, and that just swings us back around to the question you asked is how do you break that down? And it's really just getting in touch with what is, What's going to be the most important to move your business forward? And for each of us, sometimes that's a little bit different, but there's a lot of a lot of things that are similar. Like Jacoby said, sales, it's always going to be on your list. Sales always needs to be a rock. But then what next? What's going to lead you to those sales or what do you need to put in place to move the needle forward for you? Yeah, so we break it down. You break it down and usually every week you got about four weeks in a month. All right. So four weeks in a month. So a quarter. So you got about 12 weeks. Yep. So you need to think about what are you going to do in those 12 weeks in order to make sure you're going to complete this rock. And then you need to check in. How am I doing on during the week? So weekly check ins, number one, are the most important. So I think you have to sit down, be still with yourself and actually think through what are what is actually going to need to happen in order for this to happen. So breaking down your sales rock, right? If we're just thinking through this, 
the most important thing to sales is lead generation. You've got to be able to generate a lead or prospecting, prospecting and lead generation. So then think about what are the most important aspects to your business? Everybody's business is different to prospect and lead generate. How many, how many conversations do you need to have? How many appointments do you need to go on? Because you go from a prospect to a lead, from a lead to a client, from a client to under contract. And then once you're under contract, you go to closing. And then once you go to closing, you do whatever your program is called, client for life or raving fans or, or whatever that is. And so you've got to move people through that cycle. And so, but my thought is, is what is the absolute most important thing to track whenever you're thinking about lead generation and talking to people? And so for us and our team, it's actually appointments. So we are just tracking appointments. And so we know we've got to make five appointments a week in order for us to hit the goal that we want to be at. And so if all of the agents on the team have not hit five appointments, then we know we're probably not going to hit our goal. So I usually say five appointments and then I'm trying to set six because one usually will drop off or, you know, one day if I got four, I might. My personality is I'm going to turn off the gas a little bit. And so I tell myself I need six when I really need five. And then uh, that's going to keep you on track because if you go through two weeks, let's say you go through two weeks and you've only got three appointments every week. Well, if you do that, then, you know, you're not you're not going to hit your goals. If you go through the weeks and you've got six appointments every week, now we're even more on track. Right. And so those are that's really the one key factor is you want to figure out what the one item for your business and everybody's business is different. Right. So is. What's one of the things you think about whenever you're you're uh, thinking about your sales? Is that what's your key indicator? Appointments are the number one because I'm I don't have a problem making calls. You know, I'll get on the phone when you know and, and make the dials, but setting that appointment is the crucial part. What I don't want to get myself or the agents trapped into is this idea of I made my hundred calls today, so on to the next. When it becomes appointments, then you're making those calls with a purpose. And then I also know my personality on appointments. And so I know that I, if I can get in front of, um, you know, a potential client, I typically do really well in front of them and uh, we can convert. So to me, that is the real key indicator between calls, appointments, contracts, closings. If, if, that, if I can have that appointment number on point, I know the other numbers are going to fall into place. Yeah. So appointments. So there's a lot to unpack in here. Right. So if we're if we are getting our appointments now, the next thing. Right. You go from you go from a lead to a client. You've got to actually have a signed agreement and then you got to start showing somebody houses or you actually have to list their house. And so what you're looking at, we don't we don't track it. But what you're looking at is if you have let's say you have 10 appointments in one week. But now you're you don't have any you don't have anything under contract. So the next the next point we track is how many clients have you put under contract? That's a buyer or a seller. And so first, your initial is your appointments. And just to go back, the reason why that's important is because whatever you focus on is what is going to grow, right? So if you focus on calls, then you know, you're know you just going to be focused on the call. The call is not the most important though, or maybe it is in your business. It's not in our business. The most important thing is that appointment, getting face to face with someone. Mm -hmm. 
calling is okay. Yeah, that's great. I can make a thousand calls and never make any money. But if I set the appointment, now I'm good. Now the question is, am I converting on those appointments? Because if I'm not getting anything under contract, once I have that client, now I know I need to go back to my appointments and work on my skills there. So we use these milestones to work on our skills. And so when the numbers start lagging or start not looking correct in one area, then that's when we can fine tune things, right? So now we go through, we have our appointments. And then for our team, like I said, our next is how many clients did we actually put under contract? So we're not tracking buyer representation agreements or how many got signed for us. What we're tracking is, is how many clients did you put under contract and then lastly, what we're what we're tracking is the is closings. So we're doing appointments under contract and closings. Yeah. And to back up to the appointments, and here's why the uh, the appointments are so important. And here's why I think we do well. Because when you get in an appointment, you get a face-to-face, you've taken yourself from just one of everybody else. So how many ever agents are calling expired or for sale by owners or whoever's reaching out or you know, how many ever agents they have in their world. And when you get in front of them, you have the opportunity to set yourself apart from all the other agents, all the other noise that they've been hearing in regards to this. And this is where it's crucial that Jacoby mentioned, you got to build the skills. So if you know you're not converting appointments, you know where you have to go and where you have to work at. And so having, you know, a good appointment process is, is crucial, but not to be overshadowed by the ability to get the appointment. And that's what's neat about this business is you can jump right in and get started and get appointments and then build yourself up to what you do on the appointment and and the language you use and what you're going to say and what your system or what your team offers. Yeah, that's exactly right. And so then you can figure out where, yeah, where your breakdown is. But the initial is figuring out what these key performance indicators are. And then once you figure out what those are for you and yourself, then you can start to make some progress, right? And so the way to think about this is, so now the next question is like, how do you come up with these indicators, right? Where do we, where do we come up with those appointments under contracts and closings? Well, the exercise you need to do is you say, well, if I was on a deserted island and I could not be physically at my business, I could not be physically there and someone was there working for me. What three things would I want to know in order to know the health and if I was going to be able to hit my sales goal, my rock that I set? And so those are the things for myself because I know I've got my process in place uh, as far as, you know, dial scripts and uh, unique selling proposition, all of that. And so knowing that number point, then I can start to dissect it. We call it an autopsy. We go over an autopsy and figure out kind of what the problem what the problem is. So that's kind of the breakdown of sales as being a rock. And so when you kind of take a look at that whole process, you break it down and where it's important is you got to break it down in those weeks and what, you know, so for us and the sales, it comes down to, okay, we have, you know, it's 13 weeks, but you know, you always have, you're not going to work solid for 13 weeks. You know, typically you're going to have some days off or, you know, so we break it down into 12, and what is where do I have to be each week? And that comes down to uh, the the key performance indicators that Jacoby talked about. You know, appointments being the number one. And so you have to break it down. And so each week when you're dissecting that within that quarter, 
you know, did I have enough appointments this week to be pushing for my goal? Because if you get if you get four weeks into the quarter and you've only set two appointments, man, that end goal is going to be impossible to hit. And so you want to stay on it from week one inside of that quarter. And that's why living in the 98 day world works for us. That's exactly right. And then you can autopsy it, right? You can figure out what's going on. And if you're not setting those appointments, now let's even fast forward a little bit further. Let's say the quarter's over and it's like, okay, I'm not setting any appointments. What would be the first thing you would look for in that to, to, you know, to, you should already be looking at this, you know, once you're off your numbers for two weeks, you should be going to like critical, like this is mission critical. Basically the system is going down. But if that does happen now, the next 90 days, your next quarter, your your rock is going to be whatever that problem was that kept you from actually getting your sales goal. Now, you know what your next quarter's rock should be, what your next focus should be. Is it lead generation? Is it a skills issue? You know, what is the actual issue there? Yeah. So for me, if I'm off on my sales and I'm off on my appointments, one, I've got to look at, am I doing the work it takes to get appointments? Am I making enough calls? Am I reaching out to enough people? Am I doing enough lead generation to be able to have those conversations? And then it comes down to who am I talking to and what am I saying? So am I talking to enough people? Who are those people? And what is it that I'm saying to those people? Yeah, that's exactly right. So now, yeah, I'm talking to enough people. So let's say you've got, you're making your calls, you're making your dials, you've got your dialer out, man, I'm making a hundred dials, uh, making 300 dials a week, but I'm still not getting any appointments. That's a lot of calls. That's a lot of, that's a lot of calls. I don't know if we can, and even breaking it down, we could say meaningful conversation. So I make 300 calls. I have 200 meaningful conversations and I only have two appointments. Well, man, that's that's an issue with your skills. That's a skill set issue. Mm-hmm. Now it's a matter of, OK, I don't have the right scripts or I'm not talking to the right people. Now you start to break it down a little bit more. So now you can start to see like this can actually become a science where you start to break down. OK, now who am I talking to? OK, well, I'm only talking to people, you know, who are whatever they're they're renters or you know, I'm only talking to people who just who just purchased a home. I don't know why all the people I'm talking to are people that just purchased a home. They're not going to they're not going to move. They're not going to do anything or everybody I'm talking to is not being qualified. So then you could figure out, OK, I need to I need to be fishing in a different pond now. And so I think that's kind of the key is now you can actually start to pinpoint and dissect what's going on and then start to make those little changes that will make big changes. Right. Correct. Sweet. Okay. Now moving forward. Okay. Now we've got it broken down a little bit. Moving into the next one. How do we, uh, you know, how do we stay focused? I guess is what I would say. How do we stay focused? Because that's the other, the other pitfall that I see, right? Is you set these rocks, you get everything set up. And then I call it, I like to say life happens. All right. Now I got, okay, I'm going to do these goals. I know I need to set, talk to this many people. And then, all right, I sit down and all right, now my email's blowing up or somebody gives me a call and something happens. And now that takes you off track from actually following up on your rocks, right? And it sounds simple or it sounds easy, but I think that's that's really the biggest struggle um, I would say I have is just other things getting in the way. 
Well, and life is always going to happen. Uh, you know, you're going to, you know, just last week things were, you know, moving along and then all of a sudden Holly ended up sick. And so, I mean, she was sick where, you know, she wasn't, you know, I, I was having to help take care of her. And then also that put then all of Cooper's responsibilities on me. And then it elevated what had to happen at home. And so, you know, that part of life just happened and that's going to happen to us. Um, you know, you're in a side of a quarter, you're going to have a trip planned or you're going to, you know, I think in the, in the in fourth quarter, we've got, you know, Halloween, Thanksgiving and Christmas all in fourth quarter. Are you going to work 13 weeks? Probably not. And so you really have to prepare for life to happen because it will always happen. Yeah. And so then that's when you have to figure out when you're planning out your rock, am I going to have less sales or am I going to actually plan through? That's why I said this is a an art. You've got to figure out, man, I think I've already gone on. Uh, I'm going to have three business trips planned for the fourth quarter when this is this episode drops. And so, you know, what am I going to do? Am I going to have because if our goal is five appointments and I know that's normally what we have to do to hit our, our goals. Well, that's got to shift a little bit in a couple of weeks. I might have to do eight appointments in one week rather than, than five, you know? And so just being cognizant of that and making sure, you know, to plan through that. And, and then when those things uh, don't come through, just staying, staying on point. The other thing too, is just knowing that you're actually doing, doing the work that needs to be done in order to hit your goals too. So there's no need to panic, you know, as long as you are on the plan, but if you're not hitting the plan, then, you know, then that could cause, uh, cause some panic there. Yep. The other thing that also inevitably happens, and this kind of talks about, you know, we've been talking a lot about resistance. So when things, when you start getting the flow and things are going good, we inevitably know that there's going to be some resistance back against you. And so, you know, resistance is going to happen. Life's going to happen. But in addition to that, what do you do with the things that didn't make your rock list, but they're still important? Like here's where I get myself in a lot of, you know, muddy water. Um, like as an example, like this quarter, I have three rocks. That my three rocks are uh, convert 28 transactions for the team, add four agents to the team, and lose 35 pounds. So I have those. I'm focused on those. We're we're doing the work to get to those. But what happens when I also know that, oh, I need to make a tweak to this website so I can recruit agents and, you know, you know, to the team. So where does that fit in? Like, how are you, you know, protecting your rocks, protecting your time when it comes to the other things that are still important that need to be done? Yeah, the key thing for me is is making sure I plan everything out on my calendar, right? And so when I do plan it out on the calendar, the top <laughs> items are the top are the top three rocks, right? So those are the things that get put in, and then those are the things that are I'm using. Yeah, I know everybody's listening to this. I'm yeah. using the air quotes. Those are the things that are non negotiable, and so all the other stuff can get put in too. But the my rock activities are you know, let's for better, for worse are in red and they can't be, they can't be changed and get, they get done no matter what. And that's right. So, Hey, this is going to be a question because I've had this calendar question with Jacoby before. Are they literally on your calendar in red? They are not literally in red. Because <laughs> uh, red stresses Jacoby out on the calendar. Yeah. Actually, there's no, yeah, there's no red on my cal- on yeah. calendar. Everybody I showed you knows. my calendar once and my main color was red and you you almost lost your mind. Yeah. And it's just, that's just warning signs going on. <laughs> uh, 
I think it's from watching all the cartoons. Like, why it makes me think of like Wiley e. Coyote, <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> flashing danger or something. Uh, but I think that's the key point is like having the, you know, working through just knowing these are non-negotiable things that I've got to get done. I know that a, for me, appointments having those appointments set is is just gonna get is just gonna get done no matter what because I've got I've learned over the last few years that that is the thing that moves the needle. And especially on listings. So concentrating on listings, making sure we're getting those appointments. And uh, I think that's the key. That's the key thing is having your schedule, putting it in and then not not uh, renegotiating with yourself, like staying true to yourself, because we all have those inner battles inside. Right. Like I write something down. I tell myself I'm going to do it. And then I let myself down by not doing what I said I was going to do. And I think that's the real key. If you stay firm on doing what you said you were going to do to yourself for yourself and to yourself, then it changes. It changes everything. Hey, man, what you're saying there is, man, that's a whole episode in and of itself. Honoring your word, right? And if we can learn to honor our word, and I'm not even talking honoring it to everyone around us. I'm talking if we could learn to honor our word to ourselves, man, we are, you know, we would our performance, our productivity would skyrocket if I could keep all the promises to myself that I make. Yeah. Well, that's where all the issues come from. Like we said, not, not honoring our calendar, not doing what we said we're going to do. I mean, that's, that's ultimately what it, what it comes back to whenever you, uh, whenever you, whenever you break it down. And so I think just having those things, non-negotiables, truly, when we say non-negotiable, them being truly non-negotiable. And so that's how you stay on track, how you stay on track with that one, I think is is really the key. So For sure. So let's back this up. How could, if you are just getting into the business and the idea when you get in the business, you think, one, when you first get in the business, you don't know what to do, right? Like you, you don't know there's so many things to do. Then kind of once you get your feet wet and you start getting a little bit of experience and you start picking things up, you realize there's a ton of things to do. And the one thing in this business that you can do is you can be so extremely busy, but not do any work. In this industry, we have so many different things that you could do, but that wouldn't lead to any work that, um, that would, you know, it's insane to me. You could set up your, you know, Facebook page and your Facebook ads and your CRM and, you know, uh, you know, your software for, you know, for dot loop or whatever you use for signing. Like there's all these things that you could do and you could fill 30, 40 hour weeks with just the stuff that you need to do to prepare to be able to sell real estate without selling any real estate. So you have to be really careful. So my question to you going back to when you started and if you had this idea of working in a 90 day world, how would you break that down? Yeah. So what I would do is I would, if I was just starting out and uh, this is a really good exercise, the first thing, I think the hardest thing when you're first starting out is just actually getting clients. So I would not worry about anything except for getting a client and getting them under contract. And so in the first three months, I would think three would be good. So I would maybe set five, five sales in the first three months that I was setting out. Actually, I would say six, since that's the standard we use for our team Two a month, I would say six. And so that is where I would, I would start out. It would be, uh, I need six 
six clients. And then I would go and I would talk to someone who has already been in the business because I'm, you're not going to know how many to, uh, how many to have, what you're going to need in order to hit that number. So I would just go ask them, Hey, how many people do you normally have to talk to in order to, uh, you know, make, make two sales a month. And then they're going to tell me. And so what I would say is that's probably going to be about five appointments a week, right? So, okay, I need an appointment every day that I work. And so that's that's where I would start out at. I would just say, hey, how many people do I need to talk to in order to... And then um, I would set my lead generation pillars would be my other rock. How can I find the most people that I can talk to? And then... Usually when you start out, you don't have a lot of money. And so I would say, who, how can I find people who are wanting to buy and sell for the least amount of money, who are most likely to transact for the least amount of money? And so what I would think is uh, my initial would be open houses. It would be for sale by owners and expireds. And then I would talk to all of my friends and family that I knew. I would just let everyone know. And that's basically free. You know, basically free. All you have to, the only thing you have to pay for there is your sweat equity and your ego because you're going to get, you're probably going to get a lot of no's. And so uh, you're going to pay, but you're not going to pay monetarily. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Where do you go? Where would you go if it was you? Yeah. I would, uh, for me, it would be, I would put a rock in place to contact everybody in my prayer. Anybody that I know, I would want to reach out to them in one way or another, letting them know that I'm in the real estate game, that this is now the space that I'm in. Um, so that would be my first one. And that, you know, when I finally decided to turn it on, uh, that's what I did. The second one is, uh, like you said, the lead generation pillars, what other areas, you know, can I communicate with, but not adding too many of them. And so, you know, the, you know, a lot of times, oh, you call for sale by owners, call expires, call, you know, circle prospecting. I would say pick one and become proficient at that because the the conversation you have with a for sale by owner is not the same conversation you have with an expired. And so become proficient with one of those. Um, I would also in that realm, lean on your broker um, for the tools that are available for you in that world, because a broker should know what needs to be said. Uh, to a for sale by owner or an expired and where you can find that information. So, you know, cut a lot of the work out by your broker. If your broker doesn't know uh, the answer to those, then you probably need to rethink that. But a broker should be able to give you some direction. So um, one, I would have a personal circle. I'll jump in real quick because I had this conversation with someone the other day. Not even, It doesn't even have to be your broker, right? Go out and find a resource. Find Correct. someone who is a great agent. Great agents don't have to be brokers. Go find someone who you respect. Find someone who is killing the game and go ask them for help. Ask them what tools they're using. Because sometimes you have you have brokers. Brokers can help you for sure, but sometimes brokers aren't even in the game anymore. They're not selling anymore. They know a lot of the issues that are going on, but they're not doing lead gen day to day. They're not talking to, to buyers and sellers every day. They're talking to agents. They're trying to build their businesses. They're trying to build their companies. So make sure you find someone who's in the sales game and they're doing what works today. All right, go ahead. Perfect. Well, and the third one is I would, and this goes along with that, I would find a resource that was able to give me referrals, even if I had to pay for them, even if... And by pay for them, I mean giving up a percentage of the commission. As an example, when I really started to take off when I was newer in the business, 
I worked out a deal with my broker at the time um, to get leads through Quicken Loans. It was in-house realty was their name. And I would take those, uh, the in-house lead would come from, you know, or the lead from in-house realty would come into the broker and the broker would assign it to me. So right off the top, in-house took 35% and my broker took 50 of the remaining 65. And then I took 50 of that remaining 65. And so in essence, I was getting 1% for a transaction, but I was happy to do it. I was happy to get the experience. I was happy to close deals. I was happy to build relationships. And over the years, the repeat business that that came from that first year in the business uh, you know, more than paid for, you know, what it cost me on the front end. But what was really nice is I was able to get paychecks, commission checks on the front end, even if it cost me, you know, big chunks of commission. And I think sometimes agents, I don't want to give up the 50%. Well, I don't necessarily want to get up to 50% either, but without that transaction, I didn't have a deal. And so uh, that would be my third one. Try to build a relationship with somebody that's going to put you in a position to get leads like that. Yeah, that's a really good one at the end. Every business you're in, you have to pay in order to acquire a customer, right? No business you get into do do people get customers for free. Obviously, there are referrals, but whenever you start out, you have to pay in order to get a customer. And so giving up part of your commission is the fee that you pay in order to acquire a customer. That's if you ever watch Shark Tank, that's what they always ask business business owners. How much does it cost you to acquire a customer? Well, that's all that is. So I don't know why when we get into real estate, we think if we give up part of our commission that like we're we're going to go die on the side of the road or something. That's just all a part of business. And then once you do that, now you've got to develop a system that you can put up once you do once you get all of these uh referrals in that you paid for. Then one of your rocks can end up being, how do I get referrals from past clients? Then you start developing that system out. And then that's where you really start to leverage yourself and start to make uh, make the big bucks there. So I think that's really good. So what um, what else do we need to hit here? What are, what are we what are we missing? Well, I want to say the one thing that you didn't hear from either Jacoby or I on setting your rocks up when you are newer to the business is this, you didn't hear us talking about setting up your CRM or building out your, you know, Facebook ad platform or, you know, going all in on YouTube. Uh, those things are all good and those things are all going to come. But when you just need transactions, when you need to build that business up, it's important that you focus on that and don't get caught up. In, and I'm saying this because I'm so guilty of this. Don't get caught up in those strategies that won't pay off for 12, 18, 24 months when you need deals this month. Yeah, that's exactly right. And so um, do whatever's going to get you results right now as quick as possible. And we also didn't talk about how to write a contract. Uh, we, didn't talk about, we didn't talk about any of that stuff either. So, um, and I know there's probably questions about, well, what do you do? Well, the thing is, is you can get someone to help you do that. Okay. You can get a transaction coordinator or another agent or your broker to be able to help you out. If you're with, you know, if you're with EXP, you're going to have a mentor that's going to help you out through those, through those times. And so the main key thing, you know, when you're, when you're ble- I think of it as you're like, you're bleeding out, right? When you're bleeding out, you've got to address the most vital organs. You've got to, you've got to address what's going on. And when you start a business, the biggest thing is, is sales. Sales drives everything. Sales fixes a lot of problems. 
creates some problems, but it fixes a lot of problems. Yeah. Sales and revenue fixes pretty much everything. <laughs> Sweet. Well, all right, here we go. Why don't we give a little bit of a recap on uh, on what we got here and then what are the next steps here? So we uh, talked about setting your rocks, living in a 90-day world. And what living in the 90-day world is, it gets you focused. It gets you focused on what's most important. You need to sit down and think about what's going to move the needle for me and what's going to set me up for success moving forward in the future. You set your long-term goal, you set your yearly goal, and then you break that down into your quarterly rocks. And then once you have your quarterly rocks, you want to check in every week, checking in every week with your key performance indicators. We talked about a few things, what we do every week and how we check in with ourselves every week. And once you check in in the week and you're not getting the results you want, you need to have a little bit of an autopsy and see where where the problem is broken down at. And then that way you can um, make some make some changes and make some adjustments and then get back on track. And so only few, only pick a few things, one, two, maybe three things every quarter. Don't pick too many things. If you do, uh, you're not going to get the results that you're looking for as well. And so as always, Jerry and I are excited to be able to help you out. We also have, uh, we also have rock trackers as well. So if you're interested in how you can track your rocks and the, the documents that we use in order to do that, feel free to reach out to us. You can send Jerry or myself a direct message. And always remember, you can catch up with us in our Facebook group. That's where we interact with uh, most people. Epic Agent Success. So until the next time, we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Epic Agent Success Podcast. Make sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And if you've received value today, we hope you'll give us a five-star rating wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Don't forget, we love sharing our experiences and offering tips to agents looking to grow. So come join us on our Facebook page, the Epic Agent Success Podcast, and stay connected.